Because you can just hear voices or talking in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And not feel alone. Test, 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 test. Sounds pretty good to me. I yeah. Mean, good enough. Yeah. All right. Cool. Whatever. It's fine. It works. Nothing matters. Yeah. Welcome to Super Superstitious. Super Duper Stitious. The Parallel Podcast. Sometimes it's strange. I'm Jay. I'm talking about. We're good. This week we're talking about dog stuff. And there's a reason we're talking about dog stuff. We're talking about dog stuff. And it's also the reason I just stumbled over my words real hard. Why hasn't slept in a week? And it is because of the newest member of the Super Duper Stitious family, Kuma. Little Kuma. She is not on mic. Now she's... The mic is on her, okay? That swish-wash-swish was the sound oh, of Kuma's nose. Is. Oh, look she at that little face. very awake. I'm going to try and get video of her. There she is. She's trying to get on mic. Oh, she wants to eat that mic. She loves that mic. It's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> All right, there Kuma. Sleep. <laughs> There's a sleep command, and she is out cold. Perfect. Okay. I did mention last week that I was going to do a PSA. I am not going to bother. Yeah. Um, because there's still time for when that becomes relevant, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll bring it up later when we have a bit more time. Sounds good. We also mentioned doing a Patreon thank you thing. Indeed. We'll do that next time, right? That we will. Yes. <laughs> so the next episode will come out the very beginning of August. What better time to roll out new Patreon things than the beginning of a month? So right. that'll all happen then, and you'll love it, and it'll be great. And it'll sound um, so good. I do want to say off the top here, that there's still one sticker left of the original uh, Sticker Club Kids run that is available to you if you want it, dear listeners. You'll get it along with the new stickers for this coming batch uh, if you join now. But oh, they yeah. will ne- that particular sticker will never be made again. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> In this case, actually, I think we can <laughs> safely say almost definitely yes. not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's as limited a run as you can get. That it is. Uh, so, yeah dogs there's one now i think i need to take her outside real quick okay okay. now i won't bump her with a mic for a stunt (laughs) and wake her up and make her go like why am i awake now (laughs) i must do things now yeah oh my god yeah apologies everyone out there if i sound tired today (laughs) puppies are furry tiny children who hate going to bed (laughs) but have to be woken up at one in the morning and four in the morning to use the potty Because of this new uh, new friendly old face in our lives that we are deciding to just devote today's episode to all things dog Dogs. adjacent. Hell yeah. Uh, and it is. Yeah. I believe it is you. <laughs> I believe you're up first. <laughs> I believe <Awesome>. in you. <laughs> Thank you. I hope this is good. <laughs> it's dogs. What's, what couldn't be good about dogs? Oh, okay. You're listening to people who are in the presence of a dog isn't the same as actually seeing a dog, but still. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be real good today <laughs> and real fun. <laughs> and it's going to be good. All right. So for my topic today, I grabbed the white things of West Virginia. White things? And I'm not talking about the voting population, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> A.K.A. Return of Slothfoot for all of our Minnesota mm. listeners. Yes. A.K.A. Sheep Squatch 2, the white things of West Virginia. <laughs> there is a shockingly large amount of material on these critters, so I figure I'll do most here, and then some bonus stories for the Minnesota. Well, how about that? More incentive to 
done it at the $10 level or higher. Oh, yeah. Um, the meat of this tale is lifted and adapted from Cryptopia oh. with additional content and stories from Visit Cryptoville. Oh. <laughs> WV Explorer, as in West Virginia, not Wagon Vokes. <laughs> and Simpathman. <laughs> the border between Southwest Virginia and West Virginia is a densely forested mountainous region dotted with old coal mines and deep, dark, dangerous forests. Mm-hmm. The region is shrouded in mystery and rich in folklore, but few legends are more unusual and intriguing than that of the creature known to the locals as Sheep Squatch <laughs> or The White Thing. Okay. On the surface, it's difficult to take this outlandishly named animal seriously, but this beast has allegedly been chronicled in Virginian folklore for decades. Oh. Whole tens of years. <laughs> Although few outside the vast expanse of Appalachian Plateau have ever heard of this as yet unclassified critter. Eyewitnesses describe this quadruped as being a bear-sized mammal with large razor-sharp teeth and a grizzly bear-shaped cranium. Like a sheep. Hmm. Although most accounts agree that its eyes are set noticeably lower in its head than that of a typical sheep. Bear. Just kidding. The beast is also said to be covered in a coarse coat of filthy yellowish white fur. Hmm. Now this is where it starts to get weird. Multiple observers have testified that this strange fiend does not have the claws of a bear, but instead features raccoon-like hands. And even more bizarrely, two big horns sticking out of the top of its skull, like those of a juvenile goat. Hmm. You said eyes lower on its head. I'm just picturing them like near the bottom of its head, yeah, like lower its jaw, jaw behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Further removing the thought that this might be some kind of mutated bear or <laughs> even a hair hominid? Harry hominid? Harry hominid. Yeah, I probably forgot the why when they <laughs> typed that to their website. I think I edited this a little bit, and I probably just forgot to add the why back in. <laughs> a hair hominid. That's just German for Mr. Hominid, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, is the fact that the seemingly hybrid beast is said to have a long, hairless tail like that of an opossum. Hmm. Sounds like a fearsome critter. <laughs> it really does. Many witnesses also claim that this creature reeks of sulfur. Oh, it's from hell. And is seen. Um, while sightings of this beast have been reported in West Virginia's Mason, Putnam, and Kanawha counties, the bulk of the reports seem to hail from Boone County, where there appears to have been a wave of white thing run-ins over the past few decades, particularly hmm. in the decade that a certain feature-length film was set to be released. Ooh. During 1994... In a bone-chilling event similar to one that befell an unfortunate boy who came face-to-face with the notorious Enfield Horror, two children claimed to have seen a huge, whitish monster while playing in their backyard. The children stated that the creature resembled a, quote, white bear, and that it even reared up on its hind legs, making it, according to the kids' estimates, over six feet tall. Damn. Evidently, both the youngsters and the creature were frightened by the encounter as the beast was apparently startled and sprinted away from the youths, tearing limbs off of trees as it went. <laughs> off and of passersby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me those arms. Uh, for the record, the Enfield monster, Enfield horror rather, was covered in episode 61 of Super Superstitious, the kangaroo event. A year later, 1995, according to the report, a couple driving through the remote area, through the remote area, you know the one. Mm-hmm 
had the scare of a lifetime when they spied a burly beast hunkered in a roadside ditch along that isolated lover's lane. <laughs> this weird text. <laughs> um, I only read it a little bit. I love when that happens. The astonished driver slowed to a halt in order to get a better look at this unusual apparition. This sounds like the dude who writes that all, all too sh- lavender. All the shit for um, yeah. uh, Mysterious Universe. Though. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Um, which he and his partner described as a hulking, ashen animal about the size of a bear. (laughs) Interestingly, the only detail of the couple's description of this creature that seems to differ from the bulk of the reports is the almost inexplicable fact that they believed it had no less than four eyes. Oh, wow. It was wearing glasses. (laughs) They were just making fun of it Mm -hmm. in a very antiquated way. Nerd. Uh, as if this sighting weren't already frightening enough, the beast reportedly lunged out of the ditch and began ravaging the vehicle. <laughs> I think we're both picturing something different, but carry on. Sexually, the driver wasted <laughs> yeah, no time speeding away from the enraged beast, and when the couple arrived home, they noted deep scratches in the paint where the fiend had assaulted their car. Oh. Another Boone County altercation would occur in the year we all chose to be brave and take the red pill, thus committing to collectively remain in Wonderland and to be shown just how deep the rabbit hole went. A pair of campers set up shop in the forest not far from their rural Boone County home. As the sun set and darkness began to creep through the trees, the pair lit up a campfire and sat around to enjoy the warm evening. As night drew on, the men began to hear what they described as a sort of animalistic snorting and scuffling, sounds emanating from the trees that surrounded the campsite. The men were anxious but confident that whatever was lurking in the foliage wouldn't dare to show itself near the campfire. They were... correct? (laughs) (laughs) They were wrong. Okay. (laughs) Without without roaring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm back. Four hours just passed for those of you at home. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Without warning, a huge, white, four-legged monstrosity thundered into the campsite, charging at the men. The campers, with no concern whatsoever for their gear, leapt to their feet and began sprinting through the dark, bramble-ridden forest, praying that they would make it to the safety of their house before the beast caught up with them. I guess they were camping, like... In their backyard or something. (laughs) Their driveway. (laughs) As luck would have it, as soon as the terrified men broke through the tree line, the creature halted its pursuit and emitted what the campers described as a... terrible scream. Before... (laughs) Before it turned back into the gloom. While it is virtually impossible to ascertain whether or not this creature may be carnivorous, this account and the previous one would seem to indicate that it is at least intensely territorial. (laughs) That is good discussion. (laughs) It sure is. After a sleepless night, during which the panic-stricken men surely kept a watchful eye for the creature's return, the campers screwed up their courage and decided to go out and reclaim their supplies in camping gear which they had so hastily abandoned the night before. Once their courage was all fucked up. <laughs> Took the courage out back and just <laughs> let it have Ruined it. it. <laughs> Sexually on their way back to the campsite, the men noted the damage that the monster had done, later stating that the earth had been torn asunder. Quote, like someone had tilled it up for gardening. Hmm. Which if they are speaking literally, they may not have seen a monster after <laughs> yes. all. Yes. 
We can jump back to 1994 for yet another solid account. Mm-hmm. In Mason County, West Virginia, a Navy veteran named Edward Rollins, who was incidentally tracking down evidence of Point Pleasant's infamous claimed to stumble across an unbelievable creature while skulking through the woods near a creek in the notorious tent area. Oh, yes. The The TNT area. (laughs) Rollins claimed that he had become interested in the Muthman prophecy, or sorry, phenomenon (laughs) as a boy after he discovered his mother's scrapbook containing newspaper clippings pertaining to West Virginia's most terrifying temporary citizen. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Following a seven-year stint in the Navy, the young sailor returned to his home in Gallipoli, Ohio, which is just a few miles away from Point Pleasant. Quote, my new hobby took me into the woods and hollers around the TNT area and to the homes of what witnesses who were alive and willing to talk about what they'd seen. While I found a great many points of interest in my investigation, I was not prepared for what I encountered along a creek bank north of Bethel Church Road, unquote. Hmm. Quote again. I was walking the creek bank trying to run down some tips provided to me by an acquaintance. As I walked the creek, I heard something large break through the brush ahead of me and I froze. Logic told me that it was at worst, at worst, a large dog or even a stray cow. Hmm. Easy to mix up those two. As there is very little in the way of predators in Mason County. Still, Other I've been... Than a- cows. Those are the two options. Are dogs <laughs> and cows for predators. <laughs> yeah. Still, I've been a hunter since my teenage years and I know... And I knew well that the West Virginia DNR, West Virginia Division of Natural Resources, had been actively repopulating absent native species. It was wholly possible that I was about to become face-to-face with something which might consider me lunch. You know when you just become (laughs) face-to-face? What I saw emerge from the brush was a large, brownish-white creature. Its fur looked dirty and matted as if the animal did very little in the line of self-grooming. I can't be sure if I was looking at a dirty white animal or a brownish animal with a white undercoat. It was late in the fall, so it makes sense that it might be putting on a winter coat. The the creature moved on all fours as it breached the brush line and knelt to drink from the creek. Its front limbs, the only limbs I clearly saw, ended in what were markedly paw-like hands. Hmm. Its head was long and pointed like a canine's, and it had largish horns. Not antlers, but single point horns. I shrunk back into the bush and watched, afraid to stay and afraid to run. It drank for a few minutes, then crossed the creek and continued on across toward Sand Hill Road. When I was sure it was gone, I turned and ran as fast as I could back toward the pond where I parked, unquote. Funny enough, I feel like this account is nicely written, if not real. Yes. <laughs> it's the most convincingly worded, let's put yes. it that way. Yeah. Continuing on. One of the many things that struck Rollins as odd regarding the strange mammal was the fact that it was surrounded by a sulfurous stench that was almost overwhelming. Rollins, being disinclined to attribute it to some kind of demonic or paranormal manifestation, speculated that this was due to the fact that the industrial pollution that had been dumped in the TNT area for decades has left. No end of sentence. (laughs) All right. The pollution left and is now... It has left and turned into a monster. I guess so. Quote, the one thing that sticks out in my mind about this encounter most clearly is the way it smelled. It smelled like sulfur. Now, don't think I'm screaming fire and brimstone here. I'm not. One of the biggest problems with the TNT area is the pollution for the manufacturing activities that went on there. The worst of this is the red water runoff generated by the production of gunpowder. The area was a Navy ammunition plant at one time and made gunpowder. 
Red water, the cause to this date of the brownish-red foam seen in many of the runoff ponds, has a sulfur content that should concern anyone exposed to it. It makes sense that anything living in this area should absorb some measure of that scent if they are drinking from these water sources. Again, hmm. yeah. kind of a flight of fancy, but as far as articulating all these things into one package, sure, not bad. Another interesting run-in with this enigmatic entity purportedly transpired, oh my god, during the June of <laughs> 2000, during June of 2011 in Fairystone State Park, which is located in Patrick County, Virginia. This park is named after the unique fairy stones, dark nesosilicate, nesosilicate? Sure. Minerals with white streaks called starlite, which are found throughout the region. Here's the witness, Tina, in her own words. I hope you can give me an idea. <laughs> Just kidding. Quote, I hope you can give me an idea of what I saw a few weeks ago while hiking with a friend in Fairy Stone State Park in Virginia. We had been on one of the trails for about an hour when we stopped for a brief rest and drink. This was my first visit to this park and I was pleased that the area we were in was secluded. After a few minutes of rest, we continued to walk along the trail when my friend suddenly stopped and pointed towards the right at a large group of rocks. Something was moving around but it was about 50 yards away, so we didn't get a very good look. We could see that it was light in color and was quite bulky. We stood frozen, wanting to know what this creature was, though I was getting more frightened by the second. As we started to walk, the creature moved onto the rock where we got a good look at it. It looked like a medium-sized bear, but the fur was very light in color, almost a yellowish gray. The head was very strange also. There was a snout like that of a bear, but the dark, around the eye, uh, but the dark round eyes were set lower on the head. It was looking in our direction, and we had no intention on sticking around to see what it was going to do. We got back to the car and immediately left for home. For more information on this and other bizarre and pigmentally challenged beasts <laughs> from West Virginia, read West Virginia's Weird White Monsters by Kurt McCoy. Guaranteed to be full <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> yes. If you can fill a whole book with stories of this one thing, it's probably not true. So what could it be? Yeah, I don't know. Like... Along with the stories of what I'm going to be talking about today, I, I have a hard time thinking of what things people could honestly see and mistake for this kind of creature that they right. describe seeing. Right. And it's hard to say. It, it also makes me wonder, you know, how much can we trust the validity of these stories themselves? Like, so in the case of some of these, it sounds more possible that they're not actually accounts, but just made up shit. Yes. Made to sound like real yes. accounts. Because, yeah, once you've, they already described what the creature was at the top. There's no links to any original sources with a lot of these uh, accounts yep, I just read. And they were like, they said this, they said that. They're ostensibly drawing it out of this book, but even then, it's, it's just, you know, it's a telephone yes. of already patentable. We could go into the book and maybe there are actually real quotes from real people in there saying things they had seen. Like attributed to. But yeah. it's being put into the context of, oh, I think, I think they're describing this monster. Right. And so the person's wording could then be forced into that narrative any way you want. And exactly. then if you have this article writing about, oh, there's a monster in them, there woods, and here's a book about it, then they're going to just say, oh, this person saw this monster, this is what they saw. Exactly. So it's just getting further and further down the line of oh, just taking it for granted that, yes, this is exactly what it was. It, exactly. And from the angle of kind of what I feel like perhaps Lana Strickland is doing, mm -hmm. once you have a well-defined creature in mind, all you have to do is assemble different narratives in which you set up descriptions of it over and over again. Yes. I don't know what I saw, but it definitely looked exactly like this creature. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't expect to see exactly the same creature again. 
So I think that's kind of what's happening here. But it feels yeah. more real because we are ostensibly hearing it from different voices in different that's right. scenarios. That's right. Oh, boy. It's just statistical um, confirmation. There's so many different instances of it exactly. happening. Exactly. It must be true. So I dug up two playful, <laughs> biologically confirmed maybes for what it could be. Okay. Big white bears. Big white bears. So let's say it at the same time what it's actually called on three, three, two, one, Panzerbjorn. Yes, you're right. Obviously, polar bear. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> or Ursa maritimus. Huh. And I know listeners may be wondering why they're Ursa maritimus rather than something like Ursa arcticus. Well, in many ways, the maritime bear is a more accurate description of the polar bear's life history which unfolds largely in coastal and now dwindling sea ice ecosystems. Mm. So, as most of you may know, polar bears roam around on frozen sea ice waiting to see seals pop their cute little heads up and then... Uh, Rip those off. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and uh, But that's getting harder and harder for them because of us. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so if we were to airlift a polar bear into West Virginia, <laughs> it might fit the bill... It's the largest land carnivore uh, currently in existence for probably just a few more years. And with white, sometimes yellowish white fur Mm -hmm. and a monstrous stature up to 160 centimeters or five feet at the shoulder and over three meters or nine feet in length slash standing height. Damn. It would be a very bizarre sight indeed for someone who was not maybe that familiar with polar bears. That said, polar bears decidedly do not have raccoon hands, (laughs) possum tails, (laughs) horns. (laughs) Lucid eyes. So, how about some giant extinct North American bears? About a head and shoulders larger than the polar bear is the extinct short-faced bear, or the uh, Arctodus genus. There's two Mm -hmm. possible species, but in general this applies to both, which would have been the winner uh, for size and possible strangeness if seen today. Along with their immense size, likely comfortably exceeding 2,000 pounds and over 12 feet in length based on evidence to date. These things had, as their name suggests, huge dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, of course. Relatively short faces. So their sort of snouty bear face looked like if you just, if they ran into a plate glass mirror (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) It just stayed that way. But in their time, short-faced bears were also appropriately distributed. So likely ranging from what is now Texas through New Jersey in North North America, in Hmm. what we now call the United States. Uh, But again, so many features don't line up. So yeah, my take home today is, as is so often the case, this is likely a lot of fun, tall tellings. Though if we take these accounts to be sincere, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. And much like with Slothfoot, an astoundingly conspicuous beast that has otherwise gone undetected for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to just show you this image that I found online, which could be the episode image. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it could be that. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. And I have more of that kind of stuff for the mini-sode. I look forward to that. (laughs) So, before we get any deeper into whatever we're talking about, (laughs) (laughs) I think that we should have a little bit of this fine beer right here for a segment of The The Quaff. Quaff. 
you've never heard of the quaff before, uh, Jake and I tend to drink a beer during the recordings of these episodes, and by tend to, I mean we drink a beer every single time. Uh, at least one. At least one, usually two, maybe three. We split them, so it's like, you know, we only have one and a half. half. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's still more than enough for us. <laughs> it's still plenty, yeah. <laughs> they, have to, they have to drag us out of here at the end. If um, you want to know what happens if we have too many beers, check out episode 58, uh, Beers Above, or How We Learn to Stop Worrying and Love Satan. With that in mind, we have created this segment, The Quaff, where we review very cool beers on three major categories that everyone knows and understands, which are, of course, Jake. Physicality, how the beer is, what it looks like, uh, the beer itself, what the labeling or what the packaging looks like. Chuggability, which, of course, is how fast can one drink this beer? And the most important and probably most widely used uh, metric for judging a beer, joie de vivre. So, without further ado, we have here today... Po- Pohala? Where is it from? That's probably where I would give an <laughs> indication of how to pronounce it. I got this mm, Estonia. Estonia. Probably of Estonia. So, Poyala, maybe? Should we enter it into Google Translate? Poyala. More? Poyala. 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 Alright, so Poyala. 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 So, this is Mustkult Porter from Poyala Brewery which is a product of Estonia. It's described as a rich porter with smooth honey notes. Enjoy on its own or as a dessert at the end of a decadent meal. Well, it's not the end of a decadent meal, but I feel like that last segment, whatever it was, was a pretty decadent thing that could use a dessert. And I feel like the next segment, whatever it may be, will be, (laughs) I guess, an after dessert. Shut up, Wyatt. (laughs) But yeah, this is a, uh, it's a, I think it's like a, just a chocolate stout kind of thing, so. So let's bust it open. Let's do that thing. What do you think of this beer bottle while I open this son of a bitch? Well, it's neat that it's a bottle. That's cool. Uh, seems like, oh, a lot of key sound, but a lot of also bottle opening sound. <laughs> Why does a lot of drinking and driving, so he needs to have that handy, and it's a pour. Right, here we go. Ooh. So that's something we don't usually get because nowadays everything is in cans. A really nice glugging sound. That's fun. Now, here's my pour. Thank you. <laughs> it's always so awful. <laughs> All of the... It's just like... <laughs> oh, man. All the pleasant auditory experience is kind of entirely used up on your beer. <laughs> and it's just a horrible squelching splash when it gets to me. Um, a lot of head on that. Real good. <laughs> It's about half and half. We'll give it a minute. There's still <laughs> quite a bit of beer left in the bottle. So anyway, the bottle looks nice. It's got a nice white background and just like kind of a uh, um, minimalist sort of thing. Cool yeah. Bar, good little cocoa bean thing, I think. Cocoa bean. Somewhat evocative. <laughs> and and the... then it looks like a just nice, rich uh, porter color. Sort yeah. Of thing. It's very, very dark. Dark. Body. What would you give this for a physicality, Wyatt? Physicality. I'd give this a, uh, a nine. A nine, wow. Yes, which for me is a ten. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's a good-looking beer, and I like the nice, clean old bottle. Yeah, it's a pretty nice. Can you turn it around and look at the text on the side again? Check out that's, the rump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice font and stuff. I was going to give it I was gonna give it an eight, but, you know, I thought I'd give it a, uh, an 8.5. Ooh, damn. From a design standpoint, it is quite nice, but I am a, uh, a plebeian who likes fun colors and things sometimes similarly so and honestly today i'm just feeling generous other days i'd probably give this beer of zero <laughs> which for me is a one so that's the physicality 
Uh, I think we're almost ready to assess chug ability. You will have the headier pour. My apologies. Should we try and clink it? Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a porter. It's a porter. <laughs> Don't know really what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have to it admit. tastes um, brown. Yes, it's strong brown caramel notes. Charred, caramelized sweetness. Doesn't have quite Ooh. the... Hmm? There's a nice coffee note at oh, the yep, end. Yep, like, That's It takes the exact same amount of time for both of us to, for it to get there. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But it does not seem to have any of the... Is that meant to be a coffee bean, do you think? I Probably not. I guess so. I just, well, coffee beans look very distinctive, and that, I think, is meant to be a, cocoa, be a bean. cocoa bean. yeah. But I'm not getting much by way of chocolate taste at all. Chocolate though, I mean, it's it's tasty. It goes down easy. They did pick a cocoa bean that look a bit like a vagina. <laughs> this is true. Which makes me now want to fuck this beer. It's too bad we... Cannot rate beers on a fuckability scale. <laughs> I would give this a chuckability of a four. What'd you say? Oof. I would give this a solid zero. Okay. Because some days I feel like I would drink this fast. Some days I wouldn't drink it at all. <laughs> so you're giving it a right, right down the middle kind of line for split decision. Yep. Yeah. And of course, most importantly, Joie de Vivre. Oh my goodness, what to say? What fuck this beer? And I would say toasty. <laughs> and this, of course, has been the Quav. <laughs> um. Okay, your turn. Okay. <laughs> you can just take a nap for a little while, and I'll talk. There we go. Uh. So I have slightly more. So. That was a good dog adjacent story, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that they also it was called them devil dogs. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it might have been good to lead with that. <laughs> a devil dog. That's a Drake's confection, right? Not uh, Little Debbie. I Based on the monster, think, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. My stories are a little bit more on the dog side of the spectrum. On the on the nose. Yes. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> this is first account is. Um, is from the Cryptozoology subreddit from Glwonder, or possibly just Glider. I don't know. It's GL, the numeral one, D-E-R. Glider. I think it's just Glider, but it's fun to say either way. Uh, written last month. So fairly recent. Uh, they say, this is basically a beast of Bray Road sighting, but it happened in southern Indiana, far from Bray Road. Wondering if anyone else has had or heard of sightings in the same area. For the record, this is not a werewolf story. What I saw was an animal, not a shapeshifter. I know the beast is often called a werewolf, but I don't buy that explanation. So the Beast of Bray Road is kind of the... I think it's in the same kind of realm as the Wolf Michigan Dog yeah, Man the dog thing. Man, yeah, exactly. Um, and we did... I, th- I think this would be the third time I've talked about uh, about this kind of thing. I think the first time was... I think so. ...was in um, whatever episode Don't Have a Cow Man, Dog Man was. Yeah, that was the... Exactly. And then again later on, one, I can't remember the title of it, but I talked about it a... A definitely true story of this kind of thing mm. that involved a lot of uh, a lot of coroners, just so many coroners. Mm. Anyway, Beast of Bray Road, blah, 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 not a werewolf. My setting happened between 1992 and 1995 because I only lived in the area during that time. Uh, my best guess, she could. She having little she dreaming. Oh, oh, little dog dreams. She fell asleep so fast. She really did conk out. She was like, I'm here. (laughs) She went from looking at us and wondering what was going on to deep REM (laughs) so fast. (laughs) 
Okay, I think she's good. All right. Um, uh, my best guess is this, it was 1992 to 1993 because I was coming for home late at night around 1 to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. without my then fiance, and she would have been with me after 1993. There's a little more qualification than I think we necessarily need, but hey, nothing wrong with details. Mm-hmm. Um, the site happened on <laughs> State Line Road just off Route 50 in southern Indiana slash um, Ohio, right by Hidden Valley Lake. You can see on Google Maps that there's still uh, that the area is still pretty wooded even near, 25 years later. It's near a ranch, I know. Yeah, there's like some silence. Uh The usual caveats apply. I had not been drinking and I wasn't on drugs, which is good if he was driving. I had just turned onto State Line Road from Route 50 and I saw a large animal in the road. It looked like a huge dog hunched over roadkill. As I neared it, I began to suspect it was one of my neighbor's dogs. He had two Irish wolfhounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he wondered, if you don't know, those are dogs. Those are huge dogs mm-hmm. that stand about three foot at the shoulders. I assume one of them had got out. I feel like this description does not do justice to how huge Irish wolfhounds really are. <laughs> they're huge. Uh, but they're this, like supersized greyhounds almost, I think of. Oh, yeah. And very like shaggy. Shaggy. The best. Uh, they really are pretty cute and sweet. Yeah. By this time, I was slowing down because the animal didn't seem aware of my car and I was about 30 yards away. I was starting to plan how I was going to get a dog that big into my car so I could drive it home and also wondering if wolfhounds are typically dangerous to approach. I was also trying to figure out if I should wake the neighbors up or just try and tie the dog up outside or something. This being between one and two in the morning. As my mind raced through these thoughts, this all happened in just a few seconds, the animal finally turned and looked at my car, so I stopped the car completely. Its face looked more like the shape of a police dog's than a wolfhound's, and that threw me. I remember wondering why my neighbor's dog looked so strange. Then the animal simply stood up on two legs and calmly walked off to the west into the tall grass off the road. What? My mind at this point was still trying to reconcile how this was my neighbor's wolfhound. I literally thought he had trained his dogs to walk on two legs and had never told us. Then it started to sink in. The shape of the head was wrong, the build of the dog was too muscular, and it walked like a human, not a circus dog. My mind looped back to that, of course. It had walked off like a human on two legs, and its gaze had lingered on me as if its attitude was telling me I didn't have to move, you know. The fur was long and shaggy and gray, although in the darkness it could have, I could have misjudged the color, and my mind filled in with the color I was expecting to see on my neighbor's wolfhound. I watched it walk, still casually, until it was swallowed by the shadows and trees on the other side of the small field. I was terrified to drive the rest of the way home. I never mentioned it to anyone, but in the morning I asked my mom if the neighbor's dogs had got out, and when she asked why I wanted to know, I just said I, that I'd seen, uh, said I thought I'd seen one. But both dogs were accounted for, and neither had got out. Then, about ten years later, I heard Linda Godfrey on Coast to Coast talking about the Beast of Bray Road, and I was like, that's exactly what I saw. Uh, it was even the same time period as the original Bray Road flap. With that confirmation, I finally mm-hmm. started to tell people about it to see if anyone else had seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. No one had, of course. So that's my story. Are there historical sightings of the beast in the southern Indiana slash Ohio state line area? So that's the first account of mm. this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So upright canine creatures, mm-hmm. which I just find such uh, something I didn't really realize people believed in <laughs> and then found out through this show that they do. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had a beginning and an end. How much of a middle? <laughs> nope. Uh, the next one comes from the subreddit R. The truth is here. This is supposed to be another one of like, people sharing stories of weird shit they've experienced and mm-hmm. stuff. This is a response from four months ago to a thread about similar encounters folks have had. People saying, "Oh, if people had these kind of encounters, are they real? Like, I don't know if I believe these. Like, what? Who has stuff like this?" Uh, says user Disolius. Hmm. 
My uncle had an encounter in the, sum- in the summer several years back. Only reason I believe him is because his whole life, he's always been a super serious, no bullshit kind of guy. When I told the story, he sounded genuinely upset about it. So you have another kind of thing like someone saying, oh yeah, I believe this story because the person saying it wouldn't make up this kind of thing and he seemed freaked out. Mm-hmm. Which, if we believe the person telling the story to us is actually how they had it told to them, gives it a kind of a kind of validity, at least in their mind. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this makes them feel more like it's not just a tall tale. He's a long-haul truck driver and was stopped on the side of the highway in heavily wood, a heavily wooded area. This is somewhere uh, several miles in the middle of nowhere, but he said it was closest to Reed City, Michigan. I can't recall what he said he was doing, but he had to fix something before he could take off. Also, he didn't have a trailer on at the time. He had just gotten done fixing up his stuff and was about to climb into his vehicle when he saw a deer come towards him from the tree line. He said it looked like it might have been running from something. He assumed it might have been a bear. Hmm. He was just getting ready to leave when he suddenly saw something looking at him through the passenger side window. He described it as having jet black fur and bright yellow eyes, as well as vicious looking snarling teeth. It was so close to him that he could see its fur blowing with a slight breeze that was coming through. The window was open. But it didn't seem to notice, and as, as was evident when the creature put its paw up to the window, as if to press it against the window, and pulled it back in shock when it realized the paw actually entered the vehicle. Hmm. So it was expecting glass and didn't find any and kind of was weirded out by that fact. Mm-hmm. My uncle typically carries a gun on him. At this time, he had a heavy revolver. The exact name and caliber is beyond my memory right now. He pointed it at the dog man and pulled the trigger, effectively shooting it directly in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Finally, the truck started moving fast enough for him. I think to he be, said effectively, too. Yeah. It's like basically shooting it in the yeah. face. Yeah. In so many words. I mean, <laughs> not literally, though. <laughs> Finally, the truck started moving fast enough for him to be confident that the thing wasn't following him. Should it have survived the shot? He didn't bother waiting around to find out. I was a little confused by that part, too. Was it like if it was already moving when he shot it or... Mm. I don't know. That's a little odd, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess I don't know. He drove away and died. shot it. Drove away. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Basically, the face. <laughs> in essence. In other words, yeah. <laughs> the face. <laughs> he said he still gets disturbed when he thinks back to th- that event. He described it as giving off this aura of pure evil and ill intent. In only the few seconds he faced it, he has nightmares about the creature to this day, and he refused to tell anyone about it until several years after it happened for fear of people thinking he had lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Or else because he was worried that he'd be tied to the lethal shooting of something. Dog, <laughs> left on the side of the road, I don't know. Something. Bear dog. Bear dog. Another reason I'm able to buy his story is because he has never been interested in the occult, supernatural, paranormal, cryptids, etc. He had no idea what to make of this thing when I saw him. <laughs> He's like, but I, in contrast, have extreme investment in these topics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... Uh, he had no idea what to make of this thing when I saw him, but when he told me the story, I told, I told him to look into the dog man. Mm, when he looked online, he said the artist's depiction of the dog man perfectly matched what he saw that day. Wow. So that could easily just be someone just directly priming someone else. Like, oh, I saw a really weird thing. I don't know what it was. It scared me and it's freaked me out ever since. And right. then having it just kind of rattling around in your imagination <laughs> ever since. And then someone's saying, oh, how about this specific yeah. monster that I think it is? And like, <laughs> that is pretty you funny. You know what? Yeah, I think that might be what it was. I do love that scenario. So I'm just going like, I saw something that was alive and it scared me. Was it the dog man? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Now that you mentioned it, it was. I shot it on some sort of part of its body. Was it its face? Yeah, actually. Now that you mentioned it. Basically. <laughs> okay, so the Beast of Bray Road is actually in Wisconsin. And their settings also in mm. Illinois, but um, the Michigan Dogman is uh, is the big one in Michigan. I wonder if it isn't this classic 
image. Oh, probably, yeah. Which is scary. Yeah, very. a scary thing. If you had this scary idea in your mind and it kept getting scarier over time as you thought about it and then someone showed right. you that, you might be like, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It's got to be. So whether consciously or unconsciously, either this was you know a deliberate fabrication or just like something that happened to be coincidental, the supposed stories of the sightings of the Michigan Dogman, which we talked about initially, was all bullshit, happened in, supposedly in Wexford County, Michigan. Uh, this story I just read took place in Reed City, Michigan, which mm. is like one county over. It's oh, okay. pretty, pretty close, close by. Yeah. So either it's like, oh, maybe there's something to that because it was nearby. Or the person writing this is like, maybe I should set it nearby. Yeah, so exactly. Be, but not get so on the nose as to put it in the exact same county. Well, it fits such a profile, right? The whole story is essentially, I'm going to set everything adjacent to the immediate phenomenon so that it is just adding that layer of plausibility through and through. It's mm-hmm. a story that was told to him that he was convinced of. Yeah. It happened nearby. It wasn't the exact place. It so, was something <laughs> like a dog. It was basically a face. It wasn't actually the face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So this is probably going down the road of the article you read from in your um, segment where it's like, hey, someone who's already willing to believe this thing, right. taking a story from somewhere else and framing it out and cramming it through the, uh, the Play-Doh mold that is mm-hmm. the specific story he wants it to be. This next one is from Phantoms and Monsters, of course. Uh, or at least that's where I found it. So Lon, uh, as you say, the lawnmower man, Strickler, <laughs> merely, quote, came across the following account and then didn't link to where he came across it, as is his want. So this is from sometime before April 23rd of this year. He posted it on April 23rd of this year. April Usually, Fool's Day. <laughs> yes. A lot of stories mm-hmm. I'll find on because um, just Lon is constantly trolling the uh, trolling the internet for these random stories and then ta- retelling mm-hmm. them and then saying, "Oh, I found this account. I came across this account recently," and doesn't link mm-hmm. to where it came from. So I'll usually have to just like try and copy some of the text and paste it into Google until I can find the original source. You're right about Often trolling. Troll you yeah, that do. Oftentimes it comes from Reddit, but sometimes from other places. In this case, I just could not find the original source, so I have no idea where the hell he got this from. And here it is. I'm an outdoorsman and very experienced in hunting, camping, hiking, and general survival. I'm very <laughs> oh familiar with God. wildlife, especially locally. I was charged by what I believe was a cryptid called a dogman. Where are you locally, though? It charged me and my cousin. It was not a bear. A bear cannot move how it did. It was not a normal wolf, as they can't comfortably run on two legs. Whereas what charged us seemed natural as a biped. This happened around June or July of 2007, I believe. I was 17 years old but knowledgeable of the outdoors. I guess the answer to my question, did this happen in a specific year? Where the When this was actually posted, I don't know, but this is when the story supposedly took place. Mm-hmm. My family used to own a cabin in northwest Wisconsin. I basically grew up there in the summer. I knew the woods well, but at night it was wise to stay in the cabin, or at least by the bonfire by the beach, because of bears, wolves, and cougars. Hmm. One of the creepiest things was if you were having a bonfire, the tree line was visible from the fire pit and beach. And at night, you always felt like you were being watched from that tree line. But during the day, the woods always seemed normal, so not creepy. That is, until this incident. Oh, boy. So this happened uh, somewhere between 1,200 and 1,400 hours. My cousin and I were having an airsoft battle. I was in full woodland camo. He was not. What a wimp. I retreated onto the ATV trail until um, into the woods for a tactical advantage, and our battle took us about 200 meters into about a third of the way up the trail. Gotta play ear hard, yo. <laughs> yes. I think it's fun what length this guy is going to in order to legitimize a description. <laughs> oh, yeah. It boils down to, we were shooting at each other with pellet guns because teenager. Yes, exactly. 
We had had enough at this point and were standing at the edge of a clearing on the trail talking and he was maybe 10 feet from me when I decided to mess with him. So I shot him basically in the face with my airsoft. <laughs> <laughs> now I decided to mess with him. I shushed him and said, we're being watched. He froze. Then I realized the woods were dead quiet and I got spooked and started scanning the tree line on the other edge of the clearing from left to right. That's when I saw it. Its teeth gave it away. <laughs> it was panting and staring at my cousin. I don't expect you to believe me, but what I saw was a wolf as big as a black bear, at least 300 pounds, but it wasn't normal. This wolf was on two legs, crouching next to a tree with its arm grasping the tree, grasping with a clawed hand. It had reddish-brown fur. Trying to mess with his cousin by saying, oh, something's watching us. And like, then he scares oh, actually, something himself. is watching us. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I told my cousin that we have to go, and next thing I know, he is sprinting, and I look back at the creature who had locked on and sprinted a few steps on two feet. I turned and ran when it looked like the creature was dropping to all fours. It charged us and sounded like it was right on our asses, barreling through the brush. But for whatever reason, let us go when we broke out of the tree line and headed for the cabin. So kind of, I know, this caught my attention when you were talking about the uh, um, sheep, I almost said sheep mobile, uh, the sheep monster, uh-huh. the, 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 the white thing, thing the AKA white thing. Devil dog. Devil dog. You're saying that this thing was chasing people, but chasing them out of the tree line and then not following them mm-hmm. there. It's like, oh, once you get out of the woods, you're safe. Because the narrative's too hard to continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what, one of the things I, I love so much about the Cowman story. Oh, that whole that one sequence. I buy. It's so it's scary. So far as I can. Oh, I love that. The, uh, and it, yeah. yeah, that is an example where, hey, if a thing's chasing you, it probably won't just stop at the tree line. And the fact that it like ran up and shoved the kid, basically, like knocked him over. Mm-hmm. Didn't just like come up and like hassle rab- him or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is that Whatever monsters, monsters do. do. <laughs> Let's see. What stuck with me most was the sheer size. It appeared to be nearly seven feet tall when upright. It should have had front paws, but it appeared to have large clawed hands. Now, I'm not sure how to explain it away rationally. I've heard wolves will occasionally kind of walk upright, but as far as I know, they can't sprint on two legs. I've never heard that, but maybe. I don't know. What, one more time. Uh, like I've heard that wolves will occasionally kind of walk upright, but as far as I know, they can't sprint on two legs. Oh, yeah. They can, walk, that big. they can walk distance, but they, they're not very fast. <laughs> Bipedal movement is entirely... In, in the, their bodies the, are totally designed to be able to do that for That's how they sneak up of. on stuff. They tiptoe over <laughs> Uh, this says, black bears waddle on two legs. The closest description is silly, a werewolf or dog man. I have no idea what this really was. That's the end of that particular tale. So <laughs> He's like, I don't know what it was, but it was a werewolf or dog man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so finally, I do have one last Reddit account, this time from user Burry Burry Dance in um, <laughs> April of this year. I'll start off saying, no, this isn't my story, but it was such a crazy encounter that I have since asked each of my friends through the years to recount the events. Mm-hmm. This happened around the year 2000. In the year 2000. Um, that's a Is that a song? pretty old. I don't know if Conan still does that anymore. That was like back on oh. Late Night with Conan O'Brien. I don't know if he... Hmm. And he may have done it on The Tonight Show, too. I never really watched that show. The only late night talk show I ever actually watched was uh, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Mm. That was a very enjoyable show. It was the punk rock version <laughs> of late night talk shows because he did nice. not give a fuck. It Whoa, was great. language. <laughs> uh, after, about a year after this took place, I started dating one of these friends. And that's when I first heard about this dog slash wolf story. I since asked each friend over years and miles apart and they all remembered the same encounter. I can't believe you've remembered this 10 whole miles down the road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do like that qualifier. Before my ex was even my BF, let's call him Jay, he and our friends were about 17 to 18 years old. 
At that age, I remember it being an adventure to find a place to smoke. Let's go to Blank and Puff. Ah, uh, good old days when we got away from parents and plan a day around smoking. Oh, my God. Important question to you and to all of our listeners. Has anyone ever said that? <laughs> no, it's the weirdest. I was just, that was my, oh, my God. was like, wait a phonyify your story so hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, being a real human. I love it so much. Anyway, like I was saying. That or maybe it's someone who was trying to say, like, oh, yeah, I used to smoke weed with my friends oh like just trying maybe they were just like trying to like yeah this is this is how we say this right dude you trying to puff later (laughs) (laughs) it was jay and his best friend b and their girlfriends s and m if if you wanted to use like pseudonyms just put in fake names but then especially pairing those two in that order just seems like a mistake yeah the four of them decided to drive to mount pisgah beautiful wooded area outside of eugene oregon it's more of a hill but it's nature and it's prime for sure i've been out there many times growing up and i know exactly what trail they were on the main one that connects the parking lot to the river they had driven in b's little white sedan parked in the parking lot and then walked to the river on the way to the river from the lot there is a very small bridge that crosses a small creek relevant for later the group spent the day out there swimming and puffing puffing and swimming just being typical oregonian teens again this is not terminology I have ever heard anyone use anywhere. Yeah, really swimming. <laughs> I, it could just be that it's a West Coast thing. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, they don't call it silly dips out there. <laughs> There's the phrase puff, puff, pass. But that's yes. not usually used as like specifically <laughs> the instructions of each of the separate. I don't know. I don't know. You trying to puff, puff, pass later? <laughs> <laughs> it's so long winded. <laughs> I can imagine that hunger is what drove them to go home after a few hours as the sun began to set. And so drives all of us. <laughs> yes. Either activity, either activity alone is bound to get someone hungry, let alone both. So they walked along the well-worn main dirt path of the parking lot. This path has since been paved, according to Google Maps. It didn't take but 20 minutes or so for them to get back to the little footbridge by the parking lot that they had crossed when they hiked in. When they reached this small footbridge near the parking lot, B looked out into the vast field between them and the wooded mountain and noticed a huge dog near the tree line about a hundred yards away. They all later described it as the biggest dog they had ever seen. Hmm. Was it red? I thought I saw someone recently just saying that... Um, it was a technically, kaiju? Yeah, the Clifford technically is a kaiju. <laughs> which I, I do love that I do love so very much. much. Uh, the dog was just sitting there, not looking scary, just looking like a humongous, friendly doggy. It was starting to get uh, dark, but from M's and J's descriptions and the drawings she did for me later in 2005, it was very shaggy and furry. may even still have the, that notebook where she drew the dog thing. If I find it, I'll post it. This did not happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> she might have been puffing too much. Probably. My friends continued to walk across the small wooden bridge, and one of the girls screamed. The big dog was now on its hind legs, standing much closer than uh, when they had seen it just a couple of seconds earlier. It traversed most of the large field in the seconds it took them to get across this 10-foot-long bridge. Whatever the thing was, it was fast, quiet, and stealthy. My four friends ran to the car, and they had the classic cliche, I can't get the key in, because she was fumbling madly for the keys. At this point, the dog was standing on its legs. I think they mean its hind legs. legs, It might have been doing a handstand. It could be. (laughs) I'm just hovering. (laughs) Can you imagine? It rears up on its front legs. (laughs) (laughs) Standing at the very edge of the parking lot, looking at them. Still had the dog face, still had the dog body, but standing upright. They never saw it walking. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear nothing changed in the time that it <laughs> <Yeah>. chased them. <laughs> they uh, never saw it walking on all four or just two. 
It was just like every time they looked up, it was standing there even closer. What? As Jay had said, every time they looked up, it was closer, but not moving. <laughs> not an image of it just literally sliding along the ground towards them. <laughs> like menacingly. Don't be stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How terrifying. Let's see. Um, all of them recorded how surreal it was to see a dog standing on its hind legs. Damn. I don't know if it ran for, if it just ran for a few ticks and then stood up again at intervals in the field. That's the way they described it. Many times I asked them, are you sure it wasn't a bear? No, it definitely was a dog standing on its hind legs, a big dog that was stalking them. This is in Lane County, Oregon in the year 2000. There are a few, uh, there are a few if any bears out there. It would be odd, but then again, I wasn't there. So I looked in Lane County is uh, roughly mid coast extending eastward a decent amount mm-hmm. and Mount Pisgah specifically they said it was just outside of uh, Eugene it's an in an arboretum 15 minutes from Eugene hmm. so yeah not really wilderness exactly um, so yeah it wouldn't make sense for a bear to necessarily be there but you never know there was a bear in Durham like a, mm-hmm. last year I think mm-hmm. but then again we are in New Hampshire uh, well right now we're in Maine but <laughs> close enough New so. England yeah. The kids got into the car and sped off, leaving the Pisgah dog to his own business. I've never had a reason to doubt any of their stories. In fact, S doesn't like to talk about the incident at all because it's too creepy for her to recall. The end. Oh, man. So, like, the idea that someone would be freaked out to talk about it now, like, it's very heavily uh, described that they're all puffing this whole time. I think that would be um, cause enough to doubt a story <laughs> about something, some dog monster that was sliding towards you. <laughs> that we have out of the sliding part in ourselves wasn't it but essentially she suggested that they would turn away and turn back and it would just be closer yeah and suggesting as though it would be literally moment to moment i'm imagining looking at the keys looking back at the creature looking at the keys back at the creature and at <laughs> yeah. each moment it's just closer but still on its hind legs and no evidence of it walking so just <laughs> just sliding forward yeah <laughs> Again, excellent pantomime for Thank the you. podcast. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it seems like it could have been something they saw, a weird animal probably, mm-hmm. and a lot of paranoia, mm-hmm. which uh, is a thing that can happen when you puff. Well, there's, okay, there's puff the magic dragon. That's an actual term from the past. Well, you know, we would sometimes make free, you would refer to it sarcastically in that way mm-hmm. of you trying to chill with a dragon. <laughs> but still, that's not just saying... Oh, uh, they were puffing and swimming, swimming and puffing. That whole thing is very weird. It's stupid as hell. It's the kind of like language you feel like comes out of someone who has never done that, but mm-hmm. wants to suggest that it is a thing that they have. And I think enjoyed. that may be exactly what is happening with this particular narrator. Indeed. Um, and much like with the weed, I highly doubt they have experienced a story in which a dog <laughs> was chasing someone <laughs> yes. in that fashion. But with all these stories, it's it's so funny to me that there are so many accounts of people claiming to have seen upright dog creatures. Cause it's like that's it's true. That's such a a, a specific visual to yeah. encounter. This is separating it from seeing a Sasquatch or some kind of thing. Like, oh, I saw some upright weird that's, beastie. That is another thing that it is distinct from. Yeah, those they're accounts. saying you know not that I saw just some weird furry upright beast, but like oh right. it looked like a dog but standing on its hind legs right. and also kind of ripped. <laughs> Kind of, kind of hot, if I must. It made me feel things. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. I wish that beast would ravage my car. Yeah, my quote-unquote car. Car, effectively, my car. <laughs> yeah, basically. So uh, a bunch of uh, 
a bunch of stuff. A that bunch of dog shit. A bunch of dog shit. <laughs> that is dog related. There you go. That's what we're here for today, right? Exactly. Right, uh, little dog. Yeah. She back out again. She is just chilling. she's back out. I don't want to say No, no, I didn't want I was gonna say her name. I was like, no, I don't want to say her name. Because uh She knows it already. She'll she'll just glide across the room towards <laughs> us on, on her, her back legs. legs. <laughs> Snarling the whole way as we struggle to find our keys to get in the car. But wagging her tail furiously all the time. And like making happy little whimpery noises. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I puffed too much. <laughs> So that's that's a wrap for this week. Next week will be in August. And starting in August... We will go around the world <laughs> for we, the whole month. Yes, we tend to tell stories from different places. Uh, I mean, yeah, we today we had just a lot of U.S. stuff. But mm-hmm. we, we try and hit stuff from all over the place. But we're going to deliberately, each week, hit you with a different region around the world with some cool stories from there. Yes, indeed. So starting with... The British Isles. So we might have some monsters from there. We might have some ghost stories from there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But sure as shit will be British. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> British. British or Irish. Or Scottish. Is that British? Well, so Great Britain or Ireland. Great Britain the British or Isles. Those okay two Britain. big islands and the little one. You know what? It's going to be good. Listen next week. It'll be great. Have fun. See you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>